Welcome to the Write Your Next Chapter podcast. This is How to Live Inspired. Let's go, my friends. We're so excited you could join us again. I think back to when the idea of Write Your Next Chapter first entered my head. I wanted to bring color and vibrancy into other people's lives. When we teamed up to create this podcast, we knew we could bring together heartfelt stories, motivational talks, and so much intention to inspire others joining us on this journey. Yep, we just wanted to give you a small glimpse into living your best life or just that nudge you needed to start thinking about your next chapter. Now, let's get on to today's episode. Hi, TJ. Hey, good to see you guys. Nice to see you. It's weird. We don't normally get to see people, so yay. Where are you located right now? Yeah, I'm in, uh, I'm in LA. I'm a oh, uh, little, little beach town. So Vic said you had a virtual Thanksgiving and I had one too. So I wanted to ask you like how you guys did it and what it was like because huh. it's new. Yeah, obviously. That's cool. yeah, I'd like to hear about yours. The, um, hmm. Mine was good. It was sort of thrown together. I just organized it and invited a lot of the folks that I don't get to see. I don't have family in California really. So um, it was all like Michigan and Boston and uh Texas, Minnesota, a couple thrown wow. in there. Um, but, uh, you know, the, yeah, the, the people that are just kind of scattered far and wide that um, I don't think I've gotten a chance to talk to many, if, if any of them, um, for like the whole uh, quarantine. So, um, so we have, uh, yeah, we, we have a huge Thanksgiving as a tradition in, in, um, in Michigan, or at least we used to kind of growing up. And, uh, so this was cool. I got to see uh, a lot of a lot of folks, like 20, 20 plus people, um, came on and wow. staggered them so that it wouldn't be like everybody all in, in a ten minute window. Um, and uh, it worked out. I was on for like three hours and wow. um, ended up just kind of having. I think I had like two gaps of about a minute, and and otherwise there were people on, uh, you know, through the whole time. But uh, so how how was yours, Chelsea? What, um, you well, honestly, that that's some of the best part is. I only had food, like the food I really wanted to eat. Um, yeah. And so like, we decided like, I'm not cooking a turkey. Um, yeah. I've only tried it once. I cooked it for like an hour and the outside was charred and the inside mm-hmm. was raw. So I'm not, I'm never in charge of the turkey. Uh, so we got like a honey baked ham because my family traditionally does turkey and we like, my household likes ham. So we're like, well, we're the only ones eating it. I don't have to clean my house for you. I ate it in sweatpants, which I think Thanksgiving should always be done in because you need some elastic. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we did like a Zoom call. Ours was a little bit more structured. Um, My sister and her boyfriend live in a different household and my parents live in a different household. So there was like a meetup time in my parents' driveway where everyone like passed out food, whatever they prepared, swapped it to the other households and then left and then a Zoom call a couple hours later. Um, And we tried playing some like zoom games like um where you had to like go find something in your house and bring it back and whoever yeah, got back yeah. to the zoom first wins or things like that um which was fun 
but yeah, that human interaction is so important. So um, I'm sure that probably filled your cup for the day, having all those people you don't normally get to talk to. Um, yeah, for sure. In I mean, person, well, in person. Yeah, you know, <laughs> these days I have I haven't been home uh, back in Michigan for a while for Thanksgiving or Christmas, but um, but so so these days are in the last say ten years. It wouldn't have been this many people that I would have gotten to see in person anyway. They're just too far um, scattered and have their own families and everything, you know. So um, you know, lucky if I see like whatever ten people, you know, in, in just a couple yeah. of years maybe. And and so yeah, this really was kind of cool in that way. Um, but you know, I miss the home cooking though, man. Oh, I gotta, oh, I gotta yeah. tell you, like <laughs> I, I know my way around the kitchen, sort of. Um, like I don't know, I I don't like I, I survive, but uh, but nowhere <laughs> near there. There are like gourmet, you know, chefs basically in my family. There. Okay, so I asked Vic uh, right before you got on, but I have to ask you because it's one of my favorite Thanksgiving questions. Your favorite Thanksgiving food, and yes, I'm judging you on your answer. Easy macaroni <laughs> and cheese. Oh, okay. Valentine. That's, that's <laughs> if you're one of those was, cranberry kids, I'm just right. yeah, stuffing is number stuffing. one. <laughs> stuffing was, for sure. Yeah, yeah that, that was the highlight. My the uh, the mac and cheese awesome. this year for me. So that was that was like my centerpiece. Didn't okay, fair. I'm not gonna make a turkey for one dude. <laughs> no, but uh, mac and cheese is an acceptable answer, so this podcast can continue. Awesome. All right. <laughs> I think our viewers would love to kind of hear what that origin story is. Uh, is and really how it shapes you today and uh, we're already getting a glimpse in terms of what that that mindset and personality is that that you are today that was shaped from uh, so many years back so I'm gonna go ahead and just let you share your story and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you the brief version and you know I guess you put it like I do which is kind of the origin story this is the the first time and and I say first because there have been um instances since in, in a different way, but it was the first time that I, that my life was, was essentially completely shaken up. And I love this, this phrase by, um, I, I, one of my teachers, Vishen, you know, used it and I don't know where he got it, but I'll attribute it to him is, uh, is the phrase is this, uh, beautiful destruction. And, um, at that time it came in the form of a near death experience. So I was on a, uh, school trip, uh, high school trip. So I was uh, 15 years old. And uh, yeah, this took us from Michigan to Tennessee to the Smoky Mountains. Um, and it was in the springtime in March. So it was uh, not expected that there was going to be such a, um, a, a storm, but we ended up encountering a huge snowstorm and um, essentially got lost in this outward bound kind of camping expedition for a few days in, in just this sub-zero um, snowstorm, just blizzard of the century, I think they called it. So this was, um, you know, th this was just kind of this uh, incredible spiritual kind of out-of-body experience that, that um, I think would be, could be the entire podcast just talking about that. So um, to, to sum it up though, you know, a lot of folks that have had near-death experiences describe a series of, you know, anywhere from nine to 12 um, sort of steps or, or different features of it and, and, uh, you know, leaving the body and, and, you know, having, having sort of, um, messages and hearing, hearing, um, voices and things like that. We're all part of it, but, uh, really just what the, the major story, the, the real action out of that was that it, it was such a shakeup in my life that, um, 
that's when I really started to be able to kind of be a real person and be an adult and, um, and just shake off like all of the things of, of sort of boyhood and um, essentially start looking at things from, from the real perspective that, that I was going to become, you know, from the, from the person that I was really actually meant to be and that I really could start to become, I think at that point. So, um, so it was a really incredible formative experience and you can imagine that young, uh, I didn't really cope with it. I didn't know how to deal with it very well. Um, especially just in terms of the, the, the spiritual kind of awakening that, that had happened, that shift was so inexplicable, you know, um, that, uh, it just, it's taken me years, decades to unwind it. And so, um, you know, as I still unpack some of the lessons and some of the things that, that have come about kind of stemming from that. I've got questions already. I'm so curious. Um, <laughs> so I love that you were like touching on how the, like, some people experience like different pieces or like numbers of things. I would love to know like what that looked like for you specifically, like, was there a white light or did you have an out-of-body experience or messages or like think of what had happened in your life? Like, I just, I'm so curious, like what that felt like for you, especially at 15 years old, going through that, like. Um, yeah, you know, going back there, I don't, I don't tell the story in like super fine detail very much because actually there's a, you know, there's a phenomenon that, that, uh, memories degrade, you know, the more that you like talk about them. And, and this, these near-death experiences are so um, elusive and just kind of escape description that, you know, it's already kind of hard enough to put into words and, and to try to describe it. So, um, but what I can tell you is that, you know, so much has been written. I, I wanted to write about it as well, um, but actually so much has been written about the subject and, and I've learned a ton since just reading some of those um, seminal kind of works. Um, but what I guess, yeah, like the, out of these, what's kind of known as these 12 stages, I can kind of, yeah, I can kind of take you through um, how I experienced it just, just in terms of, of uh, yeah, how, how it would be described, um, you know, by, by the kind of original research, you know, is sort of, sort of encapsulating <laughs> what it is. So these, um, I won't like name them all exactly. I don't even know if I could remember, but, <laughs> but basically what had happened was um, most people experience this in a, in a hospital, right? They're, they're like in a coma or in surgery or anesthetized, something that um, something where they're in a very controlled environment. And so the stories that come out of it um, have a lot of times been, um, you know, been, there's been skeptics or, or people have tried to, you know, describe it based on because, you know, people have these similar experiences physically while they're in the hospital. But what's interesting is that mine happened purely in nature, which is actually one of the rare um, yeah. times where there was nothing there, there was nobody monitoring me. There's sort of none of those original, those trappings of the research that's been done on it um, for the most part. So, but what's really interesting is that it did, my experience maps to that almost identically. Um, and I didn't know about the experience or the experiments, sorry, um, or that research for probably 20 years after it happened. So, I mean, it was nothing, there was no prior influence or knowledge of this, obviously at 15. Um, so, uh, but we you know we were on this outward bound trip and, and so we were essentially the, the, um, the mode, uh, the, the way that I died, I always say I froze to death on a mountain. Like I, I oh my really, 
legitimately kind of, uh, I had hypothermia and, and my core body temperature had dropped to a point where, you know, functioning was really, really difficult doing basic things. And I was sort of hallucinating and was undergoing some, some of those physical, um, like impairments. I, I was almost completely numb and could barely move at, at this point after like three days in, in this terrible blizzard. And so I was one of the worst off. I was, uh, unfortunately I was only, I would say maybe fourth or so worst um, out of the group of us. So, uh, there were, there were several others that had it much worse, but, um, but I think that, that the way that I started to experience this was I started to just take a rest and I thought that I was just going to sit and, and rest, you know, with my, my pack on, uh, at least what was left of it. I think that people had taken some of the heavier things off of it, or they had just sort of fallen off or whatever had happened. Um, but I, I just kind of leaned back into a snowbank. There were, there was five feet of snow, five to eight feet of snow everywhere. So we were legitimately just, just up, you know, to our eyeballs in it. And so I just kind of leaned over, which is how you could take a rest in that kind of snow. And I just kind of set, settled back and looked up and, um, my friend ended up leaning kind of back to back. And then I think that he got, it felt like he got up, but I think that it was me kind of leaving my body and getting, getting up where I just didn't feel anything anymore. And, um, I just started rising. So there was this ascendancy to kind of this whiteness, but there, there were, yeah, there were voices and there were definitely these, these, uh, yeah, there, there were dead and living people, um, relatives and, and other people that I saw and heard. And, um, I was, I was upset for a long time after because I, I mean, understandably so. Well, no, because <laughs> no, as I, as I started to read about this and, and the, having people report that they had this sort of real kind of face to face with God, you know, what they call a Samadhi. And it's, um, I didn't get that. I, I didn't see anything where I thought, you know, this is, this is the Supreme being, this is God, you know, but there was that sense of, of being in that, in that place. And, um, and with people that I knew were dead for sure, um, <laughs> that were showing up and, and saying things and, and uh, talking and as well as, uh, sort of unrecognizable voice kind of in my head, you know, that like a, a voice that was without speaking. Um, and then, you know, at some point I, I ended up kind of feeling like I was having a dream and, and hallucinating again, and then feeling back into my body as, as I was getting dragged to a helicopter um, that was, that was, uh, you know, airlifting us out of there. And, and uh, all I knew was that I was just, I was holding on to, to a, uh, a search and rescue um, person, uh, a guy that, that had come down on, on the uh, harness. They couldn't even land the helicopter. It was too uh, wow. like snowy, whatever it was. Um, and so they just kind of, I just, the, the feeling of being lifted up in that harness was interesting because it was like this round two immediately of this physical manifestation of what I had just felt in, <laughs> in my body, you know, in, in my body, I guess, or out of my body, yeah. um, maybe, maybe 30 minutes or, or so before that. So, um, really, really interesting to kind of see that with waking eyes where I was rising up into the, <laughs> into the sky yeah. and kind of re replaying that in my head and trying to make sense of what, it, what was happening. Um, but then there was a lot of, there was a lot of commotion and a lot of, um, uh, sort of, the rest of the people getting on board and getting to the hospital and that kind of thing after that. So, um, 
you know, that, that experience kind of, or that part of it ended there. So you said that you didn't do any research about like kind of those pieces for like almost 20 years. So what changed in your life or like what made you decide like I want to know more about it or I want to validate like what was that thing that was your tipping point where 20 years later you're now looking into it? Well it was I mean I had come across some of the work on it and but but more to the point I think it was just that I had come to grips with uh with that experience, I guess, after some time of um, not exactly repressing it, but just not really, you know, not really wanting to unpack it all and, and uh, sort of deal with the spirituality aspect of it. Um, I had gotten over the physical stuff, luckily, um, got all my fingers and toes. And, um, and you know, I mean, I say that uh, like a little lightly, but uh, knowing that not everyone in our group was so lucky. So, um, so that's, you know, uh, a real, a real blessing for sure. Um, but you know, with all my faculties and everything kind of healed up, I sort of did, I put that away and, and, you know, I, I told the story so many times to, to anybody from friends, family, you know, reporters, um, school people, all kinds of, uh, um, yeah, you know, just, just, uh, everyone that, that wanted to hear this, this story, you know, um, then, so yeah, I guess I just kind of burnt out on it and put it aside, but, I guess to answer your question, Chelsea, yeah, the, 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 um, the kind of impetus was getting into a yogic lifestyle and studying uh, more than just the physical yoga postures and really getting into the spiritual philosophy of it. Um, and just kind of knowing that I had come so close to this experience that's so coveted and that's so like elusive. I mean, you know, one in a million um, that that happens and just seeing it as the gift it, it is and and uh, how that really unlocked my, my um, healing ability, I, I think, in, in those years, uh, several years back after I moved to California, actually. Um, so it was an interesting confluence of things. I guess there wasn't like a specific, you know, light switch moment, but, um, but I think that studying yoga and really finding the spiritual teacher that I still have, um, was a, was a big part of that and, and uh, really diving into um, all that I could learn and all those, those um, amazing gifts that that experience has to give. I love that you call it a gift because I know most people would think near-death experiences like why are you grateful for that or why are you calling it a positive thing but we've had other people on the podcast who have gone thrown overboard and been stuck under boats and don't know how to swim and like other near death experiences. And they come out of it almost like more full of life and like appreciative. And they also see it as a gift. And so it's interesting that like, um, that you use that word in, in like referral to it because it makes you value life so much more when you almost get it taken away. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's definitely that level of gratitude. But one thing I am curious about is, uh, you know, as people go through healing, um, especially dealing with something so traumatic, the, the science behind it is we do suppress those memories to protect us, um, to protect the brain process and all of that. So do you feel like as you were healing over time, do you feel like more memories in vivid detail started coming up? They started surfacing or, you know, did you always have those memories and you just purposely decided like, hey, I've told this story so many times. I'm just going to put them away. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I, I think that, you know, it, 
it's the memories were always there, obviously, right? Um, you know that that's got got a permanent um, imprint on on uh, anybody's brain. You know when you when you go through that. So so obviously they were there. I did. I do think that I I did just put it away as far as the all the details. You know the story. Um, you know I've always said it would make a great book or a great movie. Um, just just in terms of the the surrounding story as well, you know, the, the whole week, the whole trip. Um, but it, it really, yeah, it, when it comes down to it, um, I think, yeah, the memories are there and it's more that I can recognize a lesson or I, I can, I can trace something back now to those, those roots. Now that I'm, now that my awareness, you know, when, when you can turn that, that awareness inward and really look at life kind of with some, some hindsight and perspective, then you get those moments where, you know, I, I find myself kind of learning a lesson or, or feeling like something, you know, something that I should have learned before or whatever it is. And, and that's what it is, is that, you know, wow, like that ultimately came from, from that experience as well. And, and, you know, not, not the physical trauma, not the, you know, even the immediate afterwards, but the results of me taking the messages that I received during the experience and shaping my life in a different way after that. That's what, you know, what I think has this, this lasting root. And, you know, we definitely talk about that in the, in the yoga world where, you know, you've, you've really got to trace your roots as, as deep as you can to be able to grow as tall as you can, you know? And so, um, so that is something that, uh, yeah, that I don't find that I remember something specific, but it's more that I, I just, I connect to something specific, you know, that, that this, this was the lesson back then. And now I finally got it, you know, and, yeah. uh, and that's definitely happened multiple times. Did you originally seek out yoga as part of the healing process or was it just something like, Hey, I'm going to try yoga. And then all of a sudden yeah. you found the beauty in it. <laughs> yeah. It, there's a, I mean, I think, I don't know if we, when we uh, talked the other day, maybe we had mentioned this, but I totally found yoga on a on like from, from a jock perspective, <laughs> like I, I found it was, it was literally just to heal, uh, physical injuries, you know, just trauma from high impact sports and stuff. So, um, so at that point, yeah, when I started doing yoga, it was just, you know, doing yoga, it was, it was the asana practice and doing, um, the, the third step out of eight, you know, on, on the yoga path. So it's only that one little isolated thing that I started with, but that's how yoga gets you, you know, <laughs> you, you start with sort of there, that's, that's the most accessible point. And, um, and as you get, I think, as I got more into that and wanting to deepen just the postures and the physical practice, I then went into breath work and breath work is another one of those, those paths, you know, the, the Ashtanga, you know, the, the, the eight limbed uh, path of yoga. So, and then breath leads you to, you know, to like mantras and chanting. And then, and then that leads you to, you know, uh, meditation and looking inward and all these, these doors just kind of open. And, um, and it's, it's, there's so many parallels to that in, in life and in our bodies and in the universe that, that sort of things open on this ascendant path, you know? Um, so I just feel lucky that I found yoga when I did and that, uh, you know, that just in general, because of the experience that I had had, um, one of the things that the near death experience taught me was to kind of say yes and to be open-minded and to do 
just to dive into things um, because that was just something I just felt like I never did as a, as a kid and a, you know, a teenager, sort of a more sheltered um, kid. So uh, it was just something that, yeah, you know, I, I dove into and I, I suspended disbelief a little bit and I, you know, put away the, the frou-frou stuff at the beginning and I just did the postures and then, you know, then eventually it just, uh, yeah, it seeped in, I guess, through some kind of crazy um, Vedic osmosis or something that, uh, <laughs> that, you know, you just, yeah, you, you start to, to really like, to, to really hear the words that, that the teachers are saying outside of, you know, you know, step here and, and, uh, stand on your hands. So, um, so it's a, it's a really, uh, yeah, like I said, I think just a fortunate path, but also one that I could again, see now looking backwards was, um, was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of meant to be, you know, I was, I was sort of pushed in that direction and, um, and, uh, opened my, my mind and spirit to what it had to teach. And it just made complete sense. And, and it finally, at some point, rectified that that disconnect between me and the material world and religion and spirituality and, and it seemed like everything actually had a legitimate um reconciliation and explanation you know at last and i said well yeah this is pretty amazing it's been around for five or six thousand years and i'm just kind of learning about it so yeah. yeah there's definitely some credibility there if you like um believe in like a more like Eastern medicine mindset, I think you're more inclined to like find value in it than like our Western medicine, which is just like, you may put a bandaid on it and give you pills for everything instead of like finding why and coming to the root of things. But um, I know I have used yoga breathing to help with some pain management before and found a lot of value in it. Um, and have definitely conveyed that to people that like, it's not all like, crazy Orange County ladies um, talking about it like there actually is like real value there because um, it really does help. So um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of credibility. And like you said, if it's been around that long, there's probably good reason. So yeah. you had mentioned that this has helped you um, like say yes to more things and be more open-minded. What have you said yes to now since like having this mind shift? Um, besides the podcast. I mean, yeah, so that's a good start. <laughs> yeah. uh, there, there's uh, no so much. I mean, I, I've done so much with my life. You know, it's, it's, it's been a pretty good ride so far. Um, and I think that just a lot of that is that, you know, given the environment I grew up in and the way that it was, you know, it was very like Catholic um, kind of, kind of repressive upbringing, you know, about around uh, just around really anything, you know, again, very sheltered. Um, but Kind of breaking out of that and seeing looking at, at some of the experiences that I've been able to have um, like I've been skydiving and bungee jumping and all kinds of different adventuring um, I have been to you know a, a travel around most of the United States and into several countries and seen a couple of the natural wonders of the world and you know just really like um, I don't know I, I don't I think bucket list has come along in our lifetime as a phrase but at some point I realized that yeah I wanted to just um, to do stuff I wanted to get the most out of life you know that just kind of seems like that's the point <laughs> um, and and like I said I guess that that's really what I felt like I was missing in my life was that you know as kind of a shy and sheltered kid um, that you know I was good at some things and I was a bright kid but you know not not given the real I don't know, the, the kind of wings, I guess, um, to, to just do uh, and try, you know, the, the 
things that, that um, seemed interesting. And I don't think that I would have gotten into yoga at all. I don't think that I would have gotten into what got me into yoga, which uh, eventually, you know, ended up being some sports and some things that I, I played tennis competitively and stuff like that. So all those things, you know, I wouldn't have entered a tennis competition, you know, not having played on an organized team um, if I didn't take that outlook and just say that, yeah, you know, F it. I don't, I don't know if we can swear, but <laughs> I'll try it, you know, um, like I, I just like I entered and, you know, I, I won the first one that I entered and it was just like one of those, those, you know, crazy things. So, so honestly, from that point on, I mean, from, from like high school, <laughs> you know, college days, when I really started integrating those lessons, um, to this day, I think I, I do, I do just kind of, uh, you know, I, I take, I take calculated risks, let's put it that way. Um, and it's not just the risks or things like that, but it's just about, um, yeah, about being really open and present, uh, you know, to the people and the situation that, that I'm in. So, um, yeah, it helps, it helps the pass the time. Are you currently teaching yoga? Um, currently with COVID, um, I'm oh, really not. I, I uh, had yoga and healing clients and, and uh, a couple of classes and workshops that I was doing um, prior to, so earlier this year. But um, yeah, it's, it's essentially just kind of shut that down. And, yeah. and it, it's very possible. And that was um, when we were talking the other day, Vic, I think I maybe failed to mention, but I would love to, uh, maybe we'll just do it on another, another uh, episode, but right. um, I'd love to talk to you and, and do a, a healing with you guys and maybe with your viewers um, online, because what I've realized is definitely that it can be done. And, and so many of wonderful healers, and I've had sessions with great healers online yeah. that have done amazing work with me and taught me some, some great new methods. So that we would be totally open to it. That's awesome. Yeah. I know Chelsea would. I would. Can we add um, 2020 to our Zoom call? Because it needs a lot of healing also. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, how do yeah, we get them incorporated in there? I, I think I we just need to uh, to tie it to a tree and do what we need to. I think yeah. that's that's what we need to do in 2020. The more that we're chatting right now, I think there's just that healing energy around you. Um, I don't know if it's the soothing voice. You make me want to go take up yoga. And I don't do yoga. <laughs> barely like bend over and touch my toes yoga i just have never gotten into at the end of this podcast i might actually want to try it now um, it's harder than it looks everyone right? thinks it's just like very relaxing and hanging i'm like no it's a full workout i'm like legit sweating sometimes like head to toe sweating on it's can it's a lot <laughs> yeah I, I uh yeah i mean it's it's um it's whatever you want it to be honestly um on the on the physical side i have seen i have seen olympians that just that you know that can't do some of the things that uh that seasoned yogis can do. And it's just, uh, it's kind of amazing. So there are, um, yeah, there are, there are practices and, and postures and just, just things that are accessible to, uh, to literally everyone. Um, in fact, I got to do a really advanced teacher training, uh, kind of, um, one of the only times that I've been in a yoga studio this year, uh, since March. Um, but that was, uh, with one of, you know, my, my, uh, idols and, and master instructor, uh, Krista Cahill, she is uh, a master at, at, um, you know, at getting people to access a pose, no matter how like hard the pose seemingly is, you know, whether it's like handstand or headstand or whether it's, and however easy it is, she finds a way to challenge you. So it's, there's just sort of this, you know, this way of being challenged when you're in like a, like a child's pose, you know, just like a fetal position or something similar. 
and then again, there's there's ways that you can that you can be um, uh, almost almost completely uh, immobile and do things like a modified shoulder stand or something. And so it's 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 just I think a an incredible kind of universe within this this practice that we kind of call yoga. So uh, my favorite's Happy Baby. At the very like when we're wrapping up, I really I enjoy it. Happy Baby. <laughs> it's great. It's like, it's just just open. Yeah, you just kind of rock back and forth, and you just like. Yeah. You feel like you're giving yourself a hug almost and just, yeah. I've done that one, Chelsea. Yeah, and then you know you're I've done because it's at the end too. So you're like, yes, I made it. I was just going to say that, that Happy Baby is this is a Western invention. That's not the name. Of course name. it is. It's the <laughs> uh, it's dead bug pose. And it just doesn't <laughs> sound so appealing to do that at the end of a class. So No. No, but really dead bug pose is just kind of sitting still. And Happy yeah. Baby, you're rocking. You rock a little, yeah. It's, it's this... Uh, it's, I love it because it's a Western modification on an ancient Eastern, you know, yoga position. I, I, I love those actually, because that's kind of my, uh, that's my thing, you know, is, is uh, integrating East and West and, and yeah. finding ways to make it really work for, for your body and your lifestyle. So yeah, it's uh, yoga is amazing, Vic. You gotta, you gotta try it. It speaks gotta, volumes though. I mean, you said class. happy baby and Americans, we can't sit still. So that's why we're that's rocking. Why it's perfect. Yeah. Right? And <laughs> we then that whole Eastern mindset is like, what'd you say, dead, dead bug? Yeah. I mean, look at that. Like your yeah, mind is still time. quiet. I mean, it's it's totally interesting stuff. I mean, I'm and I'm hundred percent let's put let's put this healing session onto the calendar. It's interesting because like um when you were talking about like what he makes you feel like in his vibe on my little notes here, I had written down like centered. I felt like um the vibe you kind of give off for like if everyone's listening and not watching it's like you do seem to have like an innate sense of self and you know who you are and you're com like comfortable like expressing it and coming out of it but always like kind of coming back to your center um like even like your calculated risk like I'm willing to come away from it and then I come back like um that was kind of the word I had written down for how I feel like see you um so I guess for anyone who's listening and not watching that's kind of like what I what I see um but yeah it seems like you've done a lot of discovery from past trauma and learning what that means for you and living through it to like really find your sense of self which is really cool because then you get to just like live this really like purposeful life now and just have a good time yeah yeah I'd love to pick your brain about your experiences um so as part of my personal development and personal growth I've learned to embrace what is called an experience list and I've learned how to start journaling <clears throat> the emotions, the feelings, the senses that are around what you want to experience and how you can manifest that. And then obviously bring that into existence by, by completing that experience. And so I'm just curious, like some of the experiences you've had, what are some of the emotions or feelings that some of those experiences do you think have brought you into your life that you kind of hold on to today? Um, I know for me personally, like when I get to travel somewhere, we get to experience something uh, I walk away with so much more gratitude around it and I feel more centered. And so I'm just curious from someone who already is centered, um, kind of what, <laughs> what some of those emotions or feelings are around the experiences. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. It's, this is like, um, I, uh, we, we could talk this whole uh, podcast as well about kind of value elicitation, you know, and um, what, what I think that, yeah, I think um, that I get out of an experience is a connectedness, you know, is, um, and I, I say this from the standpoint of the uh, true crunchy hippie that I guess I am inside, 
that it's I really you know connectedness with with everything right with um, like a, a lot of you know when I look back to the experiences that I truly really value and and remember like with you know in, in the best of times you know and, and with with the most positive um, emotion attached it's the the positive emotion is is a connection it's uh, it's that I it's the people that I was with um, the connection to nature or to history. Um, like you guys ever think about where you're sitting right now? It's, where is it? Orange County, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. Orange, uh, I forget the city. I'm sorry, but uh, it's anyway. So, but if you think of right where you're sitting now, like what happened there a thousand years ago, right? Right. In your I love spot, that. Right? I, I, and like what happened there like 10 million years ago? Was there like a dinosaur stomping around? Was there, were you, was it under an ocean? Was it, you know, where, so <laughs> the, the bit of connection that you get in a, in a small sense from seeing um, a, a temple that's, that's 1500 years old or like a, a tree that's 3000 years old or something like that is just, it just kind of boggles my mind and I allow it to, to, to awe me, you know? And, and uh, I think that I just like soak in that experience so much and I'm so, I feel so connected to, to that place and that, sort of my that little spot in the universe that uh that it's just yeah that's kind of the feeling you know it's it's just this kind of um touch of enlightenment or touch of whatever you want to call that word you know nirvana or you know connection or higher higher sure. consciousness or something you know and it's like okay i got i got like a tiny taste of that what i what i think i experienced many years ago yeah i think reverence is a lost virtue yeah, I think just the world that we live in right now is so busy, either with technology or the to-do list of being productive at work. And I think we lose sense of that reverence when we get to be in a position to experience it. And I think that's one of the things experiences does for a lot of us, but we don't take the time to kind of revel in that gratitude and that reverence and that connectedness. And so I, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I think um, like all of the stuff with, COVID is like the perfect time to cross things off your experience list because um, it's kind of forcing us to slow down and it's giving us more time to be present and to actually experience those things because so many other things are limited now that a lot of us at home have nothing but time. So it's like, this is the best time to find whatever that thing is on your experience list that you can accomplish. Like for Vic, it was this traveling that he just recently did or Maybe for someone else, it's learning to do a headstand or all these other things, but it gives you the time to do it and to be engaged and like present and appreciative of it, um, big or small, which is kind of like, I'm trying to find the positives out of this year uh, recently, especially around Thanksgiving and talking about what you're grateful for and taking the time to be thankful for those kinds of things. But yeah, now's the best time, I think, because we have more of it. <laughs> so. It's, uh, well, you know, it, it's great because everybody is kind of, you know, coming to the table now, right? It's, it's a bit of a forced awakening, um, not the Star Wars movie. I mean, a forced <laughs> awakening. Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the, yeah, the, um, the way that, that it's made people, I think, yeah, um, it's not about necessarily being spiritual, but taken up a hobby, you know, um, picking up the guitar in the corner, you know, or doing whatever, um, because you feel that abundance of time. It's, I, I've, 
I've had this, this inner work around time actually um, relatively recently too um, with a great coach. And that was, that was really kind of eye-opening to the fact that like, I just live in this abundance of time now all the time. Like um, I think busy is like a four letter word. <laughs> so it's just, there, there's a lot going on, but um, yeah, there, there's a, a lot of mindset shifts that, that I think have come about that um, really make me see it as just, I, I have like an, a crazy abundance of time. I have nothing but time, you know? And so um, it's kind of a, it's, it's a really cool perspective. And, uh, and yeah, I, I like, um, I like the fact though, that, like I said, that people are all kind of, well, uh, not all, but I think that a lot of, a lot more people are embracing um, this, this time for that. And uh, yeah, you know, and I mean, my yoga training was great. You know, I've done a, done a couple of things myself, not as much as I should, but we also have to learn to, uh, to kind of be easy on ourselves and forgive and not, not feel like we have to be busy or have to, uh, to be doing something, you know, quote, uh, productive, you know? Yeah. You have to give yourself that grace. Um, whether it's that second helping of pie at Thanksgiving, um, because it's making your heart happy, um, or yeah, whatever it might be. Um, we talked, I think we've almost brought that up almost every podcast since the COVID stuff has started about <laughs> giving yourself permission, um, or giving yourself grace and like not making excuses for not doing anything or not getting as far as you thought, like, that's okay as long as you continue along whatever path was like right for you um you shouldn't feel guilty about it but yeah i, I think that's been an underlying trend in almost all of these is like giving yourself some grace here yeah i mean no no need to reinvent the wheel you know i i know it may may sound cliche but yeah if, if whether people are listening for you know the first time or the you know 50th time um or whether it's just hearing you guys or or a number of other people saying the same thing i mean we, we do need to hear it where people mm -hmm. are harder, you know, we're harder on ourselves than anyone else is. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely just a, it's a good message to share. It's a good thing to keep in mind. Well, you've brought a lot of light to today's conversation. Uh, we can't thank you enough for being open and transparent about your story. Um, I know that you obviously went through a lot as a child going through it and us obviously asking you to, to relive it, um, you know, could be hard. But I think at the end of the day, you're in such a good centered just mindset and lifestyle. And uh, I know you've inspired me and probably Chelsea to take up yoga. Um, and we are going to take you up on that healing session. I think that's something that we can learn a lot from and just gives us another reason to connect with you. So <laughs> let's do it, brother. I'm writing notes for our um our next session with you because I'm already like, right. really excited about that. So I was just jotting a couple of things down while it was fresh in my mind. So I don't forget them for our next time, but no, I just, um, I thank you for being transparent with your story. And I know I pushed you along the way to like give us more information and for anyone watching, I kept getting closer to my camera because I was like really <laughs> interested in that. Um, I find that really fascinating. So thank you for letting me like um, unlayer, like unwrap a little bit more of that. Um, uh, yeah, course. I appreciate you being vulnerable with us. Definitely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was a, it was really great talking to you guys. Hey, <laughs> I really appreciate you guys. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, have an amazing night, TJ, and we'll stay in contact with you. All right. Bye. Thank All you right. so Good much. Night.